0: podcast fans. It's Dani here. You guys are back at it again with another episode. We're back at it again with another anti-Amway, anti-Worldwide Dream Builders episode. You guys, I don't ever get tired of talking about this. And I know you guys don't get tired of listening to it because that's why you guys come here. Um, with that being said, like always, we have to give this disclaimer, which I was re-listening to some old episodes and my disclaimer has slowly evolved because at one point I was like, oh, I don't have beef with Amway. Uh, yeah, no, I actually do. Um, so, I'm not here to defame anybody, okay? I'm not here to defame Worldwide Dream Builders. I'm not here to defame Amway, all of the people who I will be talking about today, including the person that I'm speaking with. We have changed everybody's names for anonymity. I'm not here to ruin anybody's lives. I'm here to spread a message, and to me, that is very important. Um, But even with that, though, we have stories. We're allowed to share them, and um, just don't sue me. Please, Amway, please, Worldwide. I hate you guys, but I'm also not here to defame you. If you guys are out there listening and you want to join these organizations or stay in them, hey, you do you. I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't do. You're an adult. With that being said, though, please listen to some of these stories because I hope maybe you will reconsider or maybe proceed with caution. So you guys, I'm excited. I have somebody here today who has been a fan of ours, somebody who reached out to me and is here totally anonymous. You guys, I'm excited because she has um, a totally different perspective with Worldwide. She was in for my time, and she has seen a lot more of the progressions that we see today. And I'm really excited to bring with us Veronica. Thank you so much, Veronica, for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I I'm so intrigued by your story because of everything that obviously beforehand we've talked about. Um, and and how did you find this podcast?
1: Yeah. So I found this podcast through Facebook. Um, I'm part of the ex Amway and worldwide group, Facebook group that you're a part of. And I think you posted your podcast in there um, after I was listening to somebody else's podcast, Life After MLM, another great podcast. And I ran into yours and I was like, oh. I can relate to a lot of this, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is right up my alley.
0: Absolutely, which obviously you guys go check out if you haven't already. Life After MLM, Roberta Blevins is incredible. She has so many fantastic episodes, and especially if you were in Amway, check out all of her Amway episodes too. Just so much insight to the history of Amway and the tools businesses. Um, and I also have to shout out from TikTok, um, the anti MLM lemon, you guys, she's hilarious. She is on Totally Anonymous, she does this really funny voice, and she's the little lemon character so cute um and then also the anti-mlm kid the anti-mlm kid is um, a person who was raised in amway her parents were diamonds in amway she doesn't talk about who her parents were however it's really good perspective and she just is honestly just as great as all of these other people so if you guys haven't already please go check them out um but i'm really happy that you had reached out to me because your story like it, it just It's so interesting the way that it starts out, like, where were you at in your life when you got introduced to this business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to be really vulnerable here and just share kind of like where my mental state was, where I was personally. So a little bit backstory about me is I went to college from 2008 to 2009 and I was in a major car accident where I fractured my lower back. So I had to drop out of school for a little bit so that I could heal and recover, and then I just didn't go back to school right away because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, so so fast forward a little bit. Uh, It's 2011. Um, I had sought help for my mental health, and I had just got out of the mental health hospital, and I was back working my part-time jobs. I was working three jobs at the time in retail, And when I was approached, I was open to something different in life, um, more, an opportunity to make more money. And that's how it was presented to me. It was, Hey, you seem really sharp. Um, Are you keeping your options open? Because I work with a bunch of people who are in retail and they have these connections and they can help you make a lot of money. I was like, I'm interested thinking it's going to be a job. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so that's wow. how I was approached. And then I went through what is now called the process that the Canadians um, had helped tailor. Um, so I went through that process and that's how I got hooked into Worldwide and Amway. Wow.
0: um Again, I just thank you so much for being vulnerable and kind of, you know, seeing that perspective, I think that adds a lot to kind of like why it is that you were looking for something different. And, um, I think mental health is so important and that's a conversation that we've had about how worldwide just kind of disregarded that as a whole, which is really unfortunate. Um, but you know, especially in those times you went through a lot, you were in college and then you had this huge sudden thing that you didn't have planned which was very detrimental to not just your own personal physical health but your mental health and then you had to take time off of college for that and then you know you're you're figuring out your whole mental health journey and i am so sorry that all of that happened like i just have so much empathy for you through that time um and it does sound like a prime time for amway to kind of come in and swoop in and be the the savior if you will and then the one thing that you said the, do you keep your options open? This is the most like standard worldwide dream builder Amway. And I'm sure a lot of different MLMs now are probably adapting to that, but that's the way it was pitched. Right. And they mentioned somebody in their upline and they say, kind of like you had said, Oh, I know some people in retail who, you know, were able to meet a couple and they like walked away from the jobs or like whatever it is that they continue saying, but they relate it to you directly. Um, so, if you guys hear the term, do you keep your options open?
1: You don't keep your options open. <laughs> Run.
0: <laughs> oh, so when you were getting first introduced to this opportunity, and you were going through this process, uh, we call them Don and Mary here. That is the Canadian couple who kind of quote started the process. Uh, we've heard a lot about them from Lana. We heard about them from Hope and Fisher, and um, and you're going through this through this process. What was it about? this organization that you were seeing that you you were really interested in?
1: I was really interested in the leadership aspect and the coaching and the mentoring. And um, they seem to have ethics, which they do not have ethics. I'm just going to throw that out there now. If you've been listening to Danny's podcast for a while, or this is your first time, um, you'll, you'll learn more about that, but they seem to be a great organization. Um, My first uh, board plan that I went to was to meet the crown in my hometown Oh, and they let me bring my friend who didn't go through the process they just let me bring her and they let me bring my mom oh. <laughs> so they were just like love bombing me too and they were just like oh your daughter's so great she's so intelligent she's gonna go far we're gonna help her and uh, my mom was kind of like weary, but she's like, okay. And I, I don't know if my parents knew of Emily. They never talked to me about it or never said not to join. And I don't know if I would have listened to them if they had said not to. Um, but I got enamored in this process. And then the next board plan I went to, I met um, at the time they were Emeralds, I think. Um, since I've left, they've gone Diamond, but we've got Rebecca and Roger I went to their mm business and just hearing his story about how he used to be in real estate and how he got out of that and how he thought this was a scam. uh, That should have been my first clue. It is a scam, (laughs) but he's telling his story. He's like, this is a scam. I'm not going to join. And then he joined. Right. And now he's gotten other people to join since then. So just being around the association and everybody was so positive and happy and I didn't realize it was like a fake happy, but yeah, they kind of which is great. So
0: you're, yeah, absolutely. And when you're in this position where like, I mean, you're in retail and we, anybody who's been in retail knows that. Sometimes you have bad days. Sometimes customer service in general just is not the most fun environment to be in, whether it's maybe a coworker, a manager, or a customer. You have rough days. So when you walk into a place like this, I can only imagine that it was like, oh my gosh, finally, somewhere where people are actually like wanting to move forward with their lives. People who are happy and motivated and they do a really good job of uh, what they call maintaining a sponsoring environment where everybody's just so fucking God awful positive, which right. And you know, now is, is very, it's a facade. Um, but in the moment, it's awesome. It feels good. And then like you also mentioned this, this love bombing and the reason why we use the term love bombing here is because this really does lead into manipulation. You know, we're not just throwing this term around as if we don't know what it means. I'm saying this because, you know, I've had some people with skepticism and, and you know, I just want to be very clear that, this is a level of manipulation that is happening and that's how it starts with worldwide. So I think you use that word perfectly and especially to do that with your parents too. Like it just adds this extra level of, in my opinion, fucked up. And, and you're, in, you're in there. Oh, and I want to go back real quick. Rebecca and Roger, I'm 90% sure that they went diamond in 2017. They went diamond while I was in the business. I think they went diamond around the same time as the club owner. And his wife, I'm pretty sure they all went diamond around the same time. Um, If I'm wrong, please correct me. If you guys know that timeline, you know who we're talking about, let me know. Um, But otherwise you're seeing these big people, emeralds, you're seeing the crown guys speak and they're speaking with such conviction. And what is it about this organization outside of like the positivity? Like what were some of the things that they kind of made you believe were possible through the organization that you could accomplish?
1: Uh, they made me believe it was possible that I could make lots of money. Um, they said I could make six figures in two to five years. Um, they made me believe that I could fix my mental health through this organization, which <laughs> is interesting. Um, They um just made me believe that I was built for a bigger purpose and that I had a voice and a story to share um, and that I could help impact many other people with my story. And I think that's so funny now because there's more than one outlet to share your story. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, they just, they uh, had me convinced that I could do all those things. Oh, and they helped me believe that I could increase my income. So anytime that I jumped hoops to get to a new job that paid higher, they took the credit for that.
0: Yes. And that's gross. They, yeah. Especially with the industry that you were hopping into. I actually had a memory sparked from me after you had said that, that they had kind of taken credit for that. I had another guest on, um, she came on and honestly, her name was Hannah. They tried to take credit for her getting into, um, the finance industry as well. I believe she was in banking or something, but they heavily were like, we did this for you. And she was like, no, like I did this for me. And the fact that they get, they take away some. Like I feel like getting a position, especially in the career path that you would end up going on, that's something to take pride in. And to take that away from you, so demeaning. Kind of looking back now, how do you feel about the fact that they were trying to take that from you?
1: Um, looking back on it, like it's just so gross and slimy. Um, but at the end of the day it's me. I'm the one who got myself into a better paying job. I'm the one who got myself into the career path that I'm in. So really they can't take, like, I'm taking the power back now. They can't take credit for that because that was all me.
0: Yes. Yes. Take your power back. Oh, I'm telling you. And, and, you know, I love the fact that you mentioned sharing your story and making a difference and how there's many different outlets to share your story. Hello. Hi, this is one of them. You know, I, really i love hearing that especially because that's a lot of the reasons why we we join worldwide right or or various different amway lines of affiliation because we want to help people that is the root of why i feel like a lot of people get introduced to it and why they stick around is because no i could really help somebody with this and especially with your background in mental health like i can imagine there's probably a lot of people out there who struggled with the same things and hearing your story would really, really impact them. I think the frustrating thing is the fact that with Worldwide, you almost have to be brainwashed enough to be able to speak. And that's why I think I love doing this because all of the stories that we wanted to share, we kind of just left with them and we didn't have anywhere to really do anything with it. And now we have this cult aspect of it too. So I really I think that's really admirable, and I'm really grateful that you have been so vulnerable in coming on here and sharing your story. Um, but again, it just shows to why you were so interested because you have a big heart and you care about people. Yeah. And um, through this time, as you're you're getting introduced to it, what did it look like for you to become a business owner? Like, what were your maybe some expectations that
1: they had on you? Okay, so some of the expectations and what it looked like for me when I was going through the business and what it meant to be a business owner is that was one of the questions I had asked them. I asked them like a hundred questions, I swear. And they had an answer for every question. And I was just like, okay, I'm sold. But uh, one of the things was you have to be coachable. You have to be accountable. You have to show up, you know, and honor your word. And so if you could do those things, then they could coach you. In other words, brainwash you. Um, (laughs) They could could coach you into becoming a success story, supposedly, um, and help you make lots of money and help you be an impact on other people's lives for the positive. And then you are also expected to um, run your circle or your point value, your dittos. Um, on the first of every month. Um, If you were single, you had to run 150 PV. If you were a couple, I think it was 300. So for me back at the time before inflation, we're looking at $500 a month just on, you know, and that was, that's not even including the tools, um, the coaching system that they want you to plug into. I think to get on standing order and communicate, to plug into that, um, I was paying 112 at the time, and we got CDs back in the day. Like we had physical CDs before they went into their digital platform app that they now have. But when I was in at the time, it was physical CDs, and you were handing those out like candy. <laughs>
0: So. really I've always wondered what that looked like because they talked about that when I was in as if those were like ancient times like my, like our ancestors if you will were the ones who listened to cds so was so you said you were they're passing them out like where did you get your cds from like how did you order them
1: so you had to order them from the system and I think cds were like ten dollars a CD. so like even though you were handing them out like candy you were also like if you're putting somebody through the process, you want that back <laughs> if they don't continue. Wow. So so yeah. So I think overall, and that's and then you have to pay for the functions and the regionals. And those range anywhere from regionals were like ten dollars at the door cash, um, which should have been suspicious so they didn't take checks. And if you wrote a check, you had to write it out to cash.
0: Yes, that's right. I forgot about
1: that. Yeah. So that way they could, I don't know, launder it. But that's just my my thinking now that I work in that field.
0: <laughs> right. Speculation, allegedly. Personal opinion.
1: <laughs> Personal opinion. But and then functions were anywhere from $150 to $300 dollars to attend depending on the time of year i think they had four functions a year that you were expected to plug into and you were always expected to plug into your um your events before you even ran your ditto which was really interesting because you think you yes. make money off the ditto running your you know selling your products but no Like now that I'm out and come to find out, they actually make money off of your tools. So that was a
0: sad thing.
1: Yeah, that was the expectation both ways.
0: Wow. Yeah, gosh, you know what you did? You sparked a memory for me. You're right. They did. If you have a check, you're supposed to write, you you address it to cash. I forgot about that. And uh, I have since learned now, these rallies that were $10 for the morning part and $10 for the afternoon part they're not $20 for bo- for one portion so $20 for the first half $20 for the second half guests are still free but if you're a couple both people still have to pay and i'm thinking that's like that's 80 bucks for like two people to go to these rallies right and it's like i of course inflation right we we understand that things Go up with price. How... Up at your salary <laughs> right, right. And it's like it's really interesting now to kind of look back at that. And it's like, and I've always questioned, because, of course, we know that these arenas cost money. We know that, you know, cost money to rent out a hotel room or whatever. But the amount of money that they're getting from the amount of people that are showing up, that pays for those rooms, I'm sure, t- like over and over again. And that's where I'm thinking, like, oh, damn, like, how did I never question this but you're right you don't think about it until you're out and you kind of realize how fishy it is well, that uh, but the expectations so good
1: they teach you that everything you do is a business write-off so like if you write a check for cash you write yourself a little receipt that you paid cash and you get to turn that in for tax time
0: well yeah I forgot about that. You, I mean, you're not wrong. But you're right. every everything they did was justifiable one way or another. And I like too, that you said that you had so many questions and they always had an answer for it. And looking at that now, I wonder and it just feels kind of like especially when when we were in, it kind of feels like they're almost media trained, right? Like they have something in their head predetermined that they know okay, we've had enough people like ask this question. This is how we can answer it. And they do it so like crisp and clear and like believable, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is wild. And then kind of going to that PV amount. So you're spending $500 a month before the tools on just your Amway products. And was this, this was at a time where you were working still in, in retail, right? And then you eventually kind of moved forward. And- financially speaking, were you doing okay at this time?
1: Um, So before they would even let me join the business, they wanted me to find a full-time job or at least, you know, have a business building daytime job. So that way you could build the business at night because they don't have business meetings during the day, always at night. So (laughs) I got a nine to five job in retail and I was... I thought I was doing good back then because I was making like $12 an hour, $13 an hour, which isn't very much. And so when I looked at my, I was going through my budgets the other night and looking at like how much I actually brought in versus how much was going out, more than half of my pay was going to Amway or the tools business.
0: Holy, that's, that's sobering. For sure. Because at the same as well, are you you paying rent and, and kind of just figuring out how to pay your bills elsewhere?
1: Yeah. So luckily for me at the time, I was renting from my parents' house. They had a retirement house in the area where I live. So they were letting me stay there as long as I helped pay a portion and did some chores, helped keep the house up. So I was fortunate in that regard. But I think I was paying like three, $400 a month for rent. They might not have charged me at rent in the beginning. I might've started paying them rent to get them off my backs about Amway <laughs> before I moved out. <laughs> but wow, yeah, so but they were just like, figure it out, make it work. You know, you have to host more product parties to sell more, you know, you do what you gotta do and you can recoup some of that money to help pay your bills, right? Like that's kind of how it was coached
0: yes you're right like you you pay yourself the difference like if like the analogies that they give are so weird now that i'm thinking about it like it's like using a coupon you take the extra money from the coupon that often you put it into your savings account and you're actually saving that money but if you're saving that money you're going to spend it somewhere else anyway it's like Make it make sense because I'm still spending the money on Amway products. Like the way that they pitch this shit is so weird. And you were in for a total of two and a half
1: years. I want to say actually three or four years. Um, So I got around in 2011 and 2015 is when I started fizzling out. Like I stopped. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then I, yeah, I think about 2015, 2016, that's when I was officially done.
0: Got it. Okay. And in the beginning, what was your honeymoon phase like? Like you're loving the business, you're fired up. And, and what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So my honeymoon phase, it felt amazing at the time. Um, I mean, you always had people in your corner that could help coach you on any aspect of your life from like relationships to money. Um, and so it was just, it felt amazing to be a part of this organization that recognized the difficulties you were going through, but they would spin it and make it into a, she's going through this. What's your excuse? You know, her car broke down and yet here she is at a board plan. Only because I think I found a friend who like took me on a motorcycle to the plan. (laughs) out! But I mean, even when I, so, and you're so sleep deprived, so sleep deprived, but you're like, going because the fact that you're going to retire in two to five years is just so motivating that you do whatever it takes Uh, and if that means losing some sleep they're like you can sleep when you're dead or you can sleep when you uh, get diamond right so uh, a side story I actually crashed my parents car after leaving a board plan one night because I was so tired oh my gosh (laughs) that was bad I mean. Luckily, I was okay, and the other person in the crash was okay, so everybody walked away fine and got checked out. The hospital was fine, but then I was behind financially because it's like, where am I going to come up with this money for a car now? And I still had to find a way to get to work, and I didn't have any friends at the time because all my friends were in the business. I pretty much isolated my friends and family, thinking that they weren't supportive because they had no financial investment in me right? So my my upline um, just encouraged me to figure it out. You're a solution seeker, be a problem solver. So I took the bus, the public transportation bus, which actually sucks in my city because we're a little bit of a rural town, (laughs) but city. Um, So I took that to get to board plans. And then I took that to get to work and I would bike and I would even hitchhike if I needed to, which is scary. Like, they put you in some vulnerable situations that are unsafe. I mean, you think going to a meeting at somebody's house at 8 o'clock at night is sketch? The fact that, like, I'm hitchhiking to get to places I need to be, that was just really unsafe. Luckily, nothing happened to me. I was fine. But they're like look what she did she's so amazing you guys can do it and she's still running her circle even though she crashed her car but she's gonna figure it out wow oh my wow that's scary
0: but you're right like the sleep deprivation like that put you into that in itself put you into a dangerous situation right because you were you go into a car accident and it's directly their fault like i don't care what anybody says that is one thousand percent their fault because of the manipulation, the the brainwashing, the, you have to be sleep deprived. You have to come to X, Y, and Z meetings or whatever. You got to do a car accident. And then you were talking about even going to the extent of hitchhiking because you were so dedicated to this business. I mean, I'm gonna say this, like it shows your loyalty as a human, which I think is a fantastic characteristic. It just they didn't deserve it. What I'm saying. Now. but like that's that's so true. They put us, especially as women, into these really like dangerous situations where, like i, w- I remember they would tell us, and, and again, edify you. Oh, she hitchhiked to get here. What's your excuse? Or, well, she went to 7-Eleven at two in the morning. She hadn't gotten any contact. She didn't stop until she got one name. 7-Eleven at fucking two in the morning. I'm from Portland, you guys. That's what I was doing. I was going to 7-Elevens at two in the morning in some of the, what I would consider little sketchy areas, especially from my surrounding area from where I where I lived. And of course, they did that. And it's scary. The kind of shit that we do because the accolades feel so good though. Like, did it feel good for you to kind of hear like that that you were pushing through the adversity?
1: Oh yeah, it did. I mean, especially at the time when you're like struggling with mental health, anything they can do to boost your ego and help you feel better about the situation, you get a high off of it. I mean, they really know how to get the uh, get the endorphins running. But what's interesting is the fact that I was sleep deprived didn't do me any benefits for my mental health. Like if you have mental health issues, you need your sleep. You need at least seven to eight hours to be a fully functioning human being. But (laughs) I don't even think they wanted you to be human beings, right? Like they're just turning us into zombies, basically mindless zombies that follow whatever they say. when they say jump, you say how high, like,
0: yeah, it's true. And they wanted us to do anything that they want. Like you said, you know, if they said, jump how high? Exactly. And and we were happy to do it. In fact, it was like, do you want me to jump now? Do you want me to jump? Do you, when do you want me to jump? Like, it's almost like going to those extensive, like desperation for their their praise. Because like you talked about and briefly mentioned, it's like we isolate from our families because you're right. Like, oh, they don't have a vested interest in me anymore. They're not supportive so we like i i saw somebody ask the question of um is this common for them to um, to do this, to pull you away from families. And I saw somebody explain it really well. And I can't, I'm paraphrasing, but the person essentially said, yes, they do. They do it in a very, very like manipulative way where they essentially say, you don't want, they don't tell you deliberately, don't hang out with your family. They use terms like, well, you should really spend your time with the people who have the vested interest in you. Are those people, are they being positive in your life? Are they supportive? of? Are they joining your business? Are they doing, they don't have the fruit on the tree. So, you know, if it comes down to getting around the association or being around your parents who work the same nine to five for maybe 20, 30 years, who are you going to choose? And of course you're like, oh yeah, my parents don't have a vested interest in me like these people do. And then you kind of lose that praise that from your family and your friends and all you have at some point or another is amway and worldwide and you're applying and was your family supportive of you being an amway i know you said they didn't tell you one way or another but kind of throughout your time in the business did they ever say anything about it or even after you left
1: well funny enough we had a conversation yesterday briefly about it and i told them i was coming on this podcast and they're like what will you say you know like you know and they're like I, I don't remember how it came up, but I was like, I don't, I told him, I said, I didn't even ask for your advice about this business or if I should join or not. My dad's like, no. And I said, but you never said anything. And he's like, no, you were gonna, he's like, would you have listened to us? And I was like, no, probably not. But he, my parents were supportive of me being happier and positive. So that meant being a cult at the time, like, fine, whatever. She'll get out of it eventually is what they're thinking. And I did. Um, But I remember one function, I was trying to sell my Marilyn Monroe pictures to attend a function. And I couldn't find anybody to buy them. And I had no money, you know, crashed the car. And my dad bought the Marilyn Monroe pictures from me so that I could attend a conference. Wow. So I would just say like, if your parents out there and your kids are joining Like you really do have to write that fine line, unfortunately, but just never quit on your child and never give up hope that they'll get out. And I've done so much better being out than I ever did being in
0: which is really kind of the whole basis for your episode in general, because like your story after leaving is incredible. And I think it's so inspiring. And what was it? What were the red flags that kind of got you to that point where you started to see things differently and you weren't as excited about it anymore? And I know you also would start dating a partner at this time. And what did this, this journey look like from there?
1: Yeah, so about 2014, I met this really cool guy at one of the jobs I was working at at the time. And we both like Doctor Who. So like we had an instant connection and we kind of met online, but like we worked together at the same place. So anyhow, he starts hanging around me and he really wants to be serious with me. And uh, this whole time in the business, you're taught don't date until you hit a certain pin or you know, a certain level. And if you are going to date, bring your date around the business. And if they're supportive, then you can be with them. But if they're not, then you should break up with them. So like, they're literally controlling who you date. But so that was kind of like a red flag. But I brought them around. I was like, well, if you're serious about me, I'm serious about this business. You should get around some of the people I'm getting around. Because they're making good money, they're retired, supposedly. I mean, when you work the business, are you ever really retired? Because you're working? Question. (laughs) So, anyhow, he starts getting around and he's supportive. And so I'm like, oh, he's a great guy. Um, He didn't want to get in the business, but he didn't stop me from building the business. But he starts Googling Amway. And getting on Reddit and he's like, is my girlfriend in a cult? <laughs> <I> love it. <laughs> and he found out that through the tools business, they're getting paid off the tools, not necessarily off the dittos that you're running. So he makes comments to me here and there and he's like, hey, you know, I was reading that they make their money off tools. Did you know about that? And I think I just kind of like shrugged it off. And I was like, eh, you know, like I didn't think anything of it, like, and then it just started becoming a thing where, like, after Dream Night of 2015, um, they actually brought in the founders of Worldwide into my hometown, and I attended that function. I have a picture with them.
0: Yes, you do. You sent that to me. And I saw that I was like, I was in there looking at I was like, no way. Like, and and I think we talked about this before. We're like, when I was in worldwide, I would have been like, so jealous. I would have been like, no way. Like you met. The founders of Worldwide, I've never really named them. I guess I could, to be honest with you guys. I named Bill Britt. Um, so yeah, Worldwide was founded by a couple named Ron and Georgia Lee Prayer. If you guys didn't know that already, hey, you guys know that now. Um, but before when I had gotten in, Ron Prayer had unfortunately passed away, as much as I think that their story is bullshit. Of course, I don't wish ill on anybody who has since passed. So respect in that regard. But when I saw that picture, I was like, no way, like. That's so wild to me, even still, where I'm like, you really were in the same picture as Ron and a Um and but I, this function,
1: go yeah, ahead, sorry. So this function, <laughs> I went to this function and I, that's kind of where my dream started to sizzle out because it was like, I've been in the business for four years now. I'm not making any momentum. I've sponsored one leg at this point in the business and that the people that I was around and the people that were underneath me incredible people like and I don't have any ill feelings towards anybody because I feel like everybody's kind of manipulated into this business so you don't know what you don't know yeah absolutely but I started my um my boyfriend at the time John he started um just making comments like oh they're pouring more into your downline than you are they are you have you noticed that it's like you're kind of irrelevant so the love bombing kind of stopped at some point and I stopped getting that recognition and I actually have a breakup letter that I wrote them that I never sent them but <laughs> but I'm looking at it right now as a I'm on this podcast here with you and it was like I would love to hang out with you guys, but because of the teachings, I feel like I'm just wasting your time because I'm not adding value to your business. That's when it finally hit me because you are a commodity.
0: Wow. Those words are so self-deprecating too. Like you get to this point where your self-worth is just so diminished that when we leave, we feel like we're failing them. And they make us feel like failures. They say it all the time. Oh, we don't talk to quitters. They're quitters. Those people who are online on Reddit, they're just quitters. And they speak so heavily about people who leave. And it's like, that's why we get to that point of self-deprecation. Like, oh shit, like I failed. Like I failed you. But then when you say it out loud, you're like, nah, no, you guys failed me.
1: Yeah. Like I read this letter and I wrote this whole, like poured my feelings into this. And now that I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is messed up because this is really about me, not them. Like they didn't have, as soon as I wasn't valuable to them anymore, it was like, okay, next, you know, it's just a numbers game to them. And that's how they preach it as a numbers game. They're like, you have some people that will, and some people that won't, and some people who will, that eventually won't. (laughs) So, (laughs) So you just keep going through, through people as numbers. And that's really gross to like somebody who's a valuable human being. Like they're just something to help you get to the next level. Yeah.
0: They, they, they always say, well, this business, you don't step on people, but they do, they do step on people. They step on you the moment that they sign you up and don't tell you that they're getting that Platinums and above are getting paid on the business tools.
1: And then they tell you not to keep up with Joneses, but I think we talked about this briefly on our call. But they tell you not to keep up with the Joneses, you know, to drive the beater card, keep your head down, just keep going, live within your means. But they're profiting so much money off of you. I mean, my paychecks were all going to my ditto and to my tools. And I got myself into debt on their Amway card, trying to keep up with the PV, because I thought that's what I had to do. Amway card, man.
0: They tried to get me on that, but my credit was too bad. (laughs)
1: i'm just really glad john was around at the time to kind of help me see the sense in this and he also helped me um seek better care for my mental health and i went to mental health professionals who um help pour into me like because they're trained to do that not like your coach your coaches don't have any training on mental health they're like oh you're feeling mentally unstable you just need to plug in more like you just need to listen to more cds And then you'll be like, you will be like the, uh, the diamonds wives, you know, emotionally stable.
0: You right. Oh my God. You just sparked something. You're not wrong. You're right. Because they do that. I I've mentioned this time and time again. Because like you said, you had a struggle in your mental health, you went to your upline, you did all the things that they told you to do. And the only thing that they give you is we'll just plug into the system more, listen to more audios, you know, listen to your your kates, listen to all of these stupid people say the same story over and over and over again, maybe a couple of different ways, but that's it. And one thing that I remember hearing too, was this girl who was um, she was cross line for me, but she was my upline's daughter. And, um, one of the first things I heard her say was, yeah, this business helped me get off my antidepressants. And every single time I have an opportunity to mention that I mentioned how fucking dangerous that is to give to other people because you don't, they, they always say, oh, well, don't cross line, da, da, da. but the advice that they're giving is so detrimental to people's mental health because you are 1000%, right? They have no training. They are not, and there's nobody to even check what these people are saying. They quite literally just tell you what they think is a good idea. And to them is, oh, just plug in more. Like how much by the time you left, like was your mental health deteriorated? It sounds like it was pretty rough.
1: It was pretty rough. I mean, $8,000 in debt. um, So that didn't help my self-esteem any. And my emotions were just all over the place. You know, it turns out, I mean, I'm so grateful for my husband because when we were dating, he was like, "Um, I'm pretty sure you have bipolar disorder. And so he went to the doctors with me and was supportive for me. And the fact that he wanted to be with me and saw what a cult this was and how he like, just let me come to the conclusion on my own, because he told me it was going to be an ultimatum. And he was pretty sure he wouldn't win that if it was him or the business. (laughs) So, yeah, so we plugged in and I got my diagnosis, which was so relieving. It explains so much. It explains why I was so impulsive and, you know, easily fell for a lot of the stuff. But um, once you like start seeing the red flags and you start, you know, not getting around, it's like, it's very different life.
0: I, I love the support that John gave you and to even like you said he let you do things on your own and he gave you that space and that peace but also cared so much about you to even mention the fact that hey this could this could be something that you know you should look into you know and i can imagine that that's hard to say as a significant other let alone a family member i um the only real like connection i have to this is my mom has borderline personality disorder and i just remember how hard it was to even mention that to her because of the disorder itself, right? Like it's it's hard to hear that as somebody who has it from my understanding, but the care and the compassion that John had, shout out John, because I am so happy to hear this. And I told you guys this before, because you guys would go on to get married, that you guys are one of only a handful of couples that I've talked to who, um, and I know he wasn't in the business, but you guys like made it out together and I love that so much. And and tell me, what was it like to leave? Because your story, like I talked about, is so inspiring.
1: Yeah. So when I left, I really started to focus on my career path more. And I had gotten into the banking and finance industry. I was a personal banker at the time. And I was looking to move up into leadership position because I'm like, I mean, they basically groom you to be leaders in Amway, but they really groom you to be Ambots. (laughs) But I was like, you know what, like, I still have leadership qualities, despite that. And I would like to help other people and mentor people in something that's meaningful, that will actually help them and not get them in debt. So I was looking into um, becoming a manager at the time, but I got turned down and passed up for the opportunity. And I thought, if I had school, that could help me get further in my career than if I didn't because it gives you legitimacy like it shows that you put time and effort into yourself and it just makes you more valuable to companies so I got them to pay for my school my job at the time which helped me significantly I finished my associates and when I was um, job hunting for the next job I was able to more than double my income. So getting out of the business, it was like, it was so good for me because I was able to like stand on my own and do things by myself. Cause you're not meant to be duplicated. You're not supposed to be, you know, a, a robot. You're supposed to be the best version of you that you can be. So that was kind of cool. And then paying off my debt, that was a huge accomplishment too, because my job that I was working at before I transferred, um, I was making like $800 every two weeks after, you know, after taxes. And I was able to pay off $8,000 in two years. It's amazing.
0: I just like, I'm thinking about that now, $8,000 in two years. Amway worldwide, they tried to say that they could help you get debt free and quit your job in two to five years. All they did was put you further into debt and diminish you as a human. And in two years, you got a way better paying job. You paid off your debt. Like, I remember, like, I didn't used to think that was such a big deal. And of course, like worldwide, they made it sound like, oh, you get to pay off your debt. I never really knew anybody to pay off their debt and you did years afterwards. Yay. So what else have you guys been able to accomplish since leaving the business, paying off your debt and what does your life look like now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So since then, um we've been able to put aside six months of living expenses for emergencies. Um we have more wow. than that. we have more than double of that. We have we have a lot of money in savings that I feel secure. Like like, I have peace of mind, like they always talked about. Like, I actually have that. And we're, my husband said to mention that we're doing a kitchen remodel. We're doing well, it. Our yeah. But uh, we're able to pay cash for everything. All the appliances. Wow. And that's a $20,000 investment into a new kitchen when you get new cabinets, new appliances. I mean, those costs really add up. So just to be in a more a stable place. And then... I'm in a career that I love with a company that I love because I transitioned between four different banks now to get to the bank that I'm currently at. And they have a huge mission in the community and they really take care of their members and they take care of the people that work for them. And I get to say that I'm an anti-money laundering investigator.
0: Well, yeah. That's such a cool job title. I mean, I'm sure the job itself is really dope too. And I think one of the jokes that you made to me when we first started talking was, "Unfortunately, we can't catch Amway."
1: Yeah, unfortunately not. Unless they're with they sell companies and they get themselves caught somehow. Yeah, and one can only hope. We cross our fingers. Dang,
0: brand new house, kitchen remodel. Her John? We have to say that. And like,
1: we bought our we bought our house, so in two years so I paid off my debt in two years two years after that we had a 20 percent down payment for a house uh, my husband wanted land so we found a little you know roll a piece of land with um, one a little over one acre and this is kind of funny some people might get a kick out of this but when we bought the house it came with livestock so we inherited the chickens the ducks and the 35 feral cats
0: that's wild. Like you got, you got way more than you bargained for.
1: We got a really good deal too. So like, that was really cool to pay, be able to pay 20% down um, and then to still have money in the bank for savings too. So like we've That's really hustled. We don't drive luxury cars and we don't live in a mansion by any means, but we are building wealth in ourselves. Um, we're able to put a healthy amount into 401ks. And these are things that Amway preaches against. They say, don't go to school. You won't need it. You know, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to stay with us forever and we're going to help make you rich. And they say, don't invest in your 401k, invest back in yourself and your business. But when you look at what you invest in your business, it's not much. Like you make pennies, if anything, from the stuff you buy. So just having that freedom and being able to be like, I'm actually like making it, you know, like I'm being successful. This is what success in real life actually looks like.
0: Yes, it really does. Like everything that you are saying, it's wild because you quite literally are doing everything that they said that you could not do without them. Like, The amount of money that you guys have in savings is incredible. Like that just feels like so almost unattainable for someone like me. But all it took was was just discipline. And like you said, like you guys don't drive the most luxurious cars, but you have cars that you probably feel safe in that you don't have to drive around the most run down car because that's all you can afford. Like you get to have that peace of mind, that safety. And if anything does happen, you have the money and savings to be able to take care of that. To oh, yeah. do, like, I didn't even know anybody in worldwide who really had that. So supposedly they, the Platinums and above did that. And maybe some of them did, but I'm looking at my upline and I recently found out that my upline, Jenny and Craig, shout out, fuck you guys. Um, oh, also fuck you, Robert. I try to say that every episode, but I know that they had credit card debt and that was something that they always preach. Don't get credit card debt. Don't get credit card debt. And little do they know if it goes to court, it is public record. And now I know that as of last year, they had a credit card that was so far in debt, they had to go to court for it. And it's like, that kind of stuff is what really makes me mad because someone like you is the actual inspiration, at least to someone like me and to a lot of our listeners, you are the inspiration because you guys have really taken this this cult-like experience and you said, you know what, you left it in the past and you ran to what you feel as your dream future. Like when you were first beginning in worldwide, did you ever think that what you have now was even possible?
1: No, not at all. Um, I didn't even have a credit score back then. Uh, and my credit was terrible because of them, but I never thought where I am today was possible. And just to be mentally stable now and financially secure, uh, have that Peace of mind and that freedom. I mean, it's it's really quite. It's sometimes like I have to pinch myself because I think I'm dreaming. But yeah, <laughs> but I'm so blessed yeah. and I'm so grateful and I'm so happy. I want to let you know it is possible to get an 800 credit score because I went from 600 to 800 in two years. I had wow. a more than my husband when we bought our house.
0: Wow that's so awesome like you guys are you guys are the fucking power couple you guys are the power couple not fucking rebecca and roger or fucking the country old fucking diamond couple like or even diamonds or the crowns for god's sakes like you guys are actually you guys are good people too you guys are out here trying to like con people in fact you are in the industry of trying to find the people doing this kind of stuff and you really get this opportunity to show that it is possible because you saying those words like blew me away. I'm like, really? <laughs> I-, I can get an hundred credit score. What? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just amazing. And I, this is why I'm so grateful that you were so willing to come on and to share your story because life after Amway, you guys is 10 times better than anything that Amway could ever pitch to you. Now, if you make it to the platinum level and above, I still don't think that you will be living. Nearly the freedom that someone like Veronica has, or somebody who has left the business and does not any longer have this burden to bear of where, what am I going to put on my next ditto order? Or do I have to lie to my downline today? Which is just, if you can do that, fuck you, in my humble opinion. But Veronica, thank you so much for your time. If you could give any of our of our listeners a word of wisdom, advice, anything that you have, what would it be?
1: I would say, you know, don't give up on your dreams. I know you had dreams when you joined Amway and maybe they seem impossible to reach, but they're not. Um, I've been able to accomplish some of the things on my bucket list that I wanted to do. So that's really cool. And You know, just hang in there, figure out what it is you want and go for it. If I can do it, you can do it. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Like, life is now, the time is now. Start living today. Don't put your life on hold. Yes.
0: Thank you so, so much, Veronica. Shout out to her husband, John, who is doing the kitchen remodel with her um, and helps get her out of this cult. And really, it was all you. Like, you were the one who had to take those steps, you had to go through all of the different things to fix your own mental health. And I don't ever want to take that away from you. I think that you are a very, very strong and incredible individual. And I am so grateful to have gotten the opportunity to listen to your story. And you guys, if you are listening, You guys have to share this, okay? If you guys want to be like Veronica, please DM me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. You guys can find me on TikTok at the same handle and everywhere podcasts are heard. We will catch you guys in the next episode.